What's up, boys and girls, and thank you for listening to the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. We've got a really excellent program for you this week. We've got reggae rock rapper Midas Yahoo. He's on the podcast giving us a little sample of what's going to happen when he stops by the Cannery Ballroom to perform on December 11th here in Nashville. Check all his social medias and MidasYahoo.com for further details. And also, if you've watched any news outlet in Middle Tennessee, and I'm sure it's spread across America by now, but you may have seen the story about the blind football announcer of Christ Presbyterian Academy in Nashville. He also happens to be the gifted and amazingly talented piano virtuoso, Gordon Moat. Uh, He's discussing with us how he calls play-by-play, all of his new music he's come out, and even some of the songs he's been recording on. Really great, awesome interview. That's all coming up next on Josh Belcher Uncharted. Let's go. insight for this week's Uncharted podcast. Um, My little home in Columbia, Tennessee, uh, our local Popeye's chicken made headlines when the uh, white lady went in there and did whatever she did and made comments and the uh, restaurant staff commented back and then the one guy body slammed her outside on the concrete. Um, Well, they uh, finally, uh, after the dust settled and everything, they reopened. They were just doing drive-through, but they reopened. So I decided to take a chance and went in there got one of those chicken sandwiches that have been sold out now um, I'm gonna give you a honest and open review of everything from the time I went in to the time I ordered to got back out to my vehicle with my sandwich all the way to the way it tasted okay so I go in and as I'm in there I look to my immediate left and there's a police officer and or security guard um, sitting uh, with gun in tow at one of the back end tables and I'm assuming he's hired help for such a reason. And then I get in, it's a very clean establishment. Uh, All the people in the back look very clean and pressed and polite. And uh, um, they take my order. The lady that took my order was really, really nice and uh, you know, very, very uh, pleasant to deal with. I ordered the original chicken sandwich and uh, she started to take care of it. While she did it, I was observing my surroundings, a couple of people inside eating, uh, a couple of uh, managerial looking people sitting at a table on the computer, I'm assuming ordering something or having a conference call, and everything is going off without a hitch. And then I hear a guy in the back arguing, uh, a cook, which I'm assuming, uh, he was a cook in the back, arguing at one of his coworkers there at Popeyes about not telling him when he needed stuff and he wasn't silent about it he yelled loud enough for everyone in the um, establishment to hear him Uh, no cussing or anything but of course everybody's voices got elevated uh, with he said she said mumbo jumbo Uh, and after that I waited about about five to six minutes and another nice lady came over and said sir what are you waiting on Uh, and I said a chicken sandwich so she goes to the back to get it taken care of. When a few seconds, within a few seconds, I get my chicken sandwich, and this other young lady was at the counter, probably in her late teens to early 20s, and she real smart alecky says, thank you, sir. Please come back really, really soon. Thank you so much. Just like in typical teenage fashion, um, I go outside to my vehicle uh, without a hiccup and eat the sandwich. Uh, the sandwich itself 
was good, but it wasn't like so good that I could imagine what the weight was worth for. It was delicious. I'll eat one again, but it's not like a mind-changing sandwich. And to me personally, it doesn't beat Chick-fil-A, but that's just because um, I tried it and gave him my honest observation. But it's not bad. It's not bad for what it is. Kind of reminds me of what Hardee's offers you when you go get a, uh, a fried chicken sandwich there. So all in all, I give um, the store itself was completely clean, very nice, which is it is a brand new store. I don't even think it's been open a year yet. A very clean establishment. All of the staff looked very clean, uh, proper, uh, just ready to rock, uh, organized, uh, minus the one little hiccup where the one guy decided to yell at his coworker, but yelled loud enough at her for not telling him about an order that we could all hear it. Um, they have security guard inside and uh, everybody was attentive uh, with the exception of the young lady who was a bit smart alecky but I just think that's her demeanor at her age so uh, great place to go in and visit I mean go back in there if you're afraid to or you know whatever you got going on for you and uh, all in all a very uh, satisfied um, experience going to the Chick-fil-A and Popeyes in Columbia, Tennessee, uh, where recently made national headline news where the white lady walked in, started yelling and saying certain things, and uh, then the uh, crew took her outside after she apparently cussed them, yelled racial slurs, kicked somebody. Uh, they met her outside, the uh, staff did, and body slammed her WWE style. Uh, kind of reminded me of something that um, Randy Orton would do. Uh, or Jake the Snake Roberts, like a RKO out to the uh, uh, pavement out of nowhere. Uh, so that's that. That's my little take on Popeye's chicken. Uh, go get the sandwich. Pretty good stuff. And uh, thanks for letting me share. I'm here right now live with Cam Shepard from Chill Nine. Clothing, and he's got something really cool to tell you. Local Columbia, Tennessee people, what do you got going on this coming weekend? This coming weekend, Saturday, November 30th, we will have a pop-up shop from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Columbia Arts Building. That's awesome. So six more days away. And what's going on at this pop-up? What's going on with your clothing? What are you going to be doing there? What's happening? Tell us. We're going to have a lot of new merch, a lot of unseen designs before. There's going to be a lot of stuff there, a lot of local artists, so come support us. All right. And what's your websites and your socials so they can keep up with it? Chill9clothing.com and all my social medias are at Chill9clothing. Ah! The Uncharted Podcast is proud to have reggae rock rapper Midas Yahoo. Uh, he's going to give us a little insight on him coming to Nashville December 11th at the Cannery Ballroom. That interview is next. Enjoy. Here with Midas Yahoo. Uh, like I said, uh, happy Thanksgiving Eve, my friend. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk with us on the podcast. Um, yeah, of got, course. Got any, got any special plans for the day? Uh, let's see, just going to see my family, you know, parents and sister and all that. I uh, look forward to that. Very, very cool. So, uh, you know, landing here in Nashville with us December 11th. Um, uh, very glad to have you here at the Cannery Ballroom. Uh, do you, uh, do you like coming and playing down here in the South here in the country music city? Yeah, of course. And Nashville is a great city, great music city. And, uh, you know, for, for all, all music and not just country, but obviously country, but, uh, we love going to Nashville. It's great. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Like I said, you got a country corn-fed white boy like myself. I've been a fan of yours for years, and very excited to have you have you come back. So, um, with that being said, do you like any kind of country music? I know, like we appeal to everybody, but do you have any influences as far as like country music artists go? Uh, no, honestly, not really. To be to tell you the truth, you know, um, yeah, I, I have not really. It's one genre that I have not really tapped into so much. To tell you the truth, I hear you. Right on. So let's. Um, are you enjoying your break? I saw on your Twitter you have a little bit of a break before you get back on the road. When do you go back out? Uh, we go back out uh, Friday morning at the crack of dawn. We fly to uh, Wyoming. Um, sort of got to get. We got to get home for Thanksgiving, but we got to leave pretty early the next morning. I hear you. That's awesome. And uh, uh, I was uh, looking up your festival lights. It's coming up pretty soon in, in Brooklyn. I hear that's quite a shindig. I, okay, you can kind of iterate a little bit of what that's like. I've never been to one, but it looks awesome. Uh, yeah, the Festival of Lights is, is just our show that we do in Brooklyn on Hanukkah. It's like the first uh, show I ever did, really, uh, was a Hanukkah show in Brooklyn. So kind of like since the very beginning of 2003, maybe 2002, something like that. So then um, we have like the Disco Ball Dreidel, a lot of friends, a lot of a lot of my friends that are artists or uh, come out for that show, a lot of great guests. Um We've had some, always some really interesting people in the audience. You never know who, who will pop up. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that. That's cool. That's cool. Um, uh, another question. Uh, Undercurrent, which is an amazing, amazing album, but it's it's uh, two years under the belt. When will we be expecting some new music from you? Well, I'm working on some new stuff now. I'm, I'm hoping to release some new music uh, in 2020 for sure. That's awesome. Uh, also uh, had a question pop up. Kanye West with his new... Uh, found spirituality has he reached out for you to do a duo or anything like that a merge <laughs> of any kind nah he has not <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh one more question i was just kind of curious it was just really neat today is Jimi hendrix's birthday did he have That's any right. influence on you at all ever absolutely i'm a fan of Jimi hendrix for sure i think he's influenced all all of the rock music of our time so i think he's yeah. influenced all of us for sure All right, on Uncharted Podcast, we have another special guest, Gordon Moat. And if you've never heard of him, he's a phenomenal vocalist and piano virtuoso. He's also the football announcer at Christ Presbyterian Academy. What's more interesting is that he was born blind. He has perfect pitch, a great interview, and uh, something else really awesome. My uh, friend here, Aaron Lenzenick, actually knows him. Do you have any tales about Gordon Moat, Aaron? No, I don't. That was very intriguing. Thank you for sharing that. On with the interview. Uh, I work out at Planet Fitness, and I was on uh, one of the ellipticals. And, of course, the TV, there's no volume on them. And I see this uh, thing you're talking about, uh, you know, a, a gentleman that can't see calling the, the football games. And then I see you, and I see the name, and it, in my mind's racing. I'm like, hey, where do I know that from? And then I see in the subtitles it's talking about the, you know, the music and everything. I was like, oh, that's it. So I come home, do a little research. And to me, that's just the coolest thing ever. Being a football fan, I just had to talk to you. Um, oh, how, how did that all come 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 about? Because for me, I can watch football. I couldn't imagine calling it, and here you are just doing it, you know, perfectly beautifully. I just wanted to know how it all started and, and what made you start doing it and everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> I couldn't do it without the spotters up in the booth, and. Yeah. uh I've got three really great spotters um, 
two on offense and one on defense. So kind of the way it works is, um, you know, the first guy, uh, which is Mike, Mike Gingra, uh-huh. tells me, you know, what's happening, calls the play as it's going. Yeah. And then, so I give them that information. While I'm feeding the crowd the information, Roberto Vaccaro is telling me who made the tackle for the other team or if we're on defense, who made the tackle for our team. Uh-huh. And, you know, they, we're going so fast that most of the time all they have time to give me is numbers. Now, if it's for the visiting team, I don't have the, I don't know their roster like I know ours, but with ours, all they have to do is give me numbers because I know our roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have a lot of the playmakers' rosters memorized for the visitors, too. I do a lot of prep and, and try because things are going so quickly. And then the third spotter, uh, does down and distance. Well, I already know the down and I already know the distance, uh-huh. but basically that third spotter is checking the first one because a lot of times by the time it gets around to the third spotter, the official has spotted the ball. And a lot of times, especially at the high school level, just because he was brought down at what you think is the 22 yard line doesn't mean the ball is going to be spotted at the 22. Yeah. So you can't say second and eight from the 22 right away because that ball could be moved back to the 21 or could be moved up to the 24. You just don't know mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, it's a huge, you know, you're up high. So that's one thing. It's a huge pile of humanity. You think that his knee hit at the 22, but it may not have. The official may have seen something different, may spot him back at the 20 or the 21 or – you know, if it looked like he was down, but he was still up. There's so much that goes into it. And then some of the officials just, you know, if it's right foot, left foot, you know, it might be a first down, it might not be. And, you know, they got to measure and you can't, you can't, even if you know they got a first down, well, what if they bring it back a yard? Well, then what are you going to do? So, yeah. you, you, you know, by the time it gets around to that third guy, they are pretty much ready to spot the ball and then you can know exactly. But, uh, so it, it, it's a system. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, you, you ask any radio person, they've got spotters too. And, and it's kind of the same, you know, it's, it's kind of the, you, you know, it's like running, it's like a quarterback making reads, you know, you go through your reads and you, you know, you, by the time you get to that third guy, you should have down a distance. It yeah. should be pretty accurate. But all this is happening in a matter of seconds. I mean, mil- milliseconds sometimes. Yeah. And I've got sometimes I've got all three of them talking to me at the same time. Plus, oh, wow. in our in our situation, uh, we're right next door to Brent and uh, Blake that are doing it for NFHS. And a lot of times I'll hear Brent. Sometimes Brent may have a better angle on it than we do. And so sometimes according to what side of the field they're on, I know that, okay, Brent may see this better than we do. So sometimes – I'll follow what Brent says. I can hear and I'm listening to him. And I know, okay, if we're on that side of the field or if the ball is going on that side, he has a better angle than we've got. So I might go with him quicker than I go with my guys just because I know he can see it better. Um, But uh, so, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. But as far as how I got into it, um, I had – uh, my my son's senior year, uh, Parker, he's my 19-year-old. He's my middle child. Um, his senior year playing baseball, we didn't have an announcer. We didn't have anybody to introduce the kids and play their walk-up songs and introduce them as they walked up to bat. 
because yeah. uh, Philip Park's dad did it, and Philip went to Vanderbilt, and of course now he's uh, in the Toronto Blue Jays organization. But Jay did it for us and did a great job, but nobody, we didn't have anybody. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, I, I, I might be able to do that. And uh, so I told uh, Coach John Kelly, which is one of our assistants, to Larry Nesbitt, I told Coach Kelly, I said, you know, I think, and they were like, man, that'd be awesome. And so I said, well, I need a spotter. I just need somebody to tell me, you know, give me the visitors lineups and, and you know, give me all. So anyway, we, I said, let's try it. And if it don't work, it don't work. Well, it, it worked. And uh, I started making it, you know, fun. Uh, Jay certainly made it fun. And I just took it to the next stage of whatever that was. And uh, just had, you know, tried to entertain the crowd, not just with the music, but just with a little bit of commentary, a little bit of this and that, just trying to, you know. And so anyway, I did that for two years. And the guy that used to do the football for us, Jack Cothran, which is, he was just amazing. He did it for nine years and and had a great voice. And he was uh, really got into it with the crowd as well. He retired. And uh, Mike Elson, the athletic director, came to me and asked me, man, we think, you'd be the guy to do football. And I did kind of laugh at it. I was like, coach, I don't think I'm your guy. And he said, well, you do such a great job with baseball. And I said, but yeah, think about it though. I said, football moves a lot faster. There's a lot more going on and uh, blah, 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 blah. He said, well, would you just think about it, pray about it and see how you feel about it. And I said, well, yeah, I can, I'll do that. So I tried to think, okay, how, if I did it, how would I make it work? You know, I'd have to commit Friday nights. You know, a lot of times with my travel, we leave, you know, and sometimes we're doing Friday nights, we're doing concerts. So Mm -hmm. I knew, okay, I'm going to have to commit, you know, these Friday nights and not do anything else. And so I thought, okay, if we had the right spotters, we could. So I went to Mike Gingra, one of my best friends, and I said, okay, you know football. Uh, we've been to a lot of games together where you've told me what's going on on the field. A lot of our high school games, you know, that maybe they, they weren't on the radio. So you've had to feed me information. I think we can do this. And so anyway, we found a couple more guys and the rest as they like to say is history. I, I think we got better through the year. You know, we, we are truly a team and we all kind of depend on each other and, uh, um, I think everybody got better at their job. I, you know, me, me included. I think I got better through the year. I'm still not where I want to be. I think we always are going to be looking for ways to improve the whole, the way we deliver information and the experience that the crowd has. You know, the whole fan experience. Um, always trying to come up with something fun and cool, and but always wanting to make sure the information is accurate. And uh, we take it real seriously. You know, it's not just something we show up at six o'clock on a Friday night and, and, uh, you know, do the thing. I mean, we're prepping during the week. I'm doing a lot of prep work, scouting the other team, making sure I'm pronouncing their names right, trying to figure out, okay, how much of the play clock do they like to run down before they snap it? Because Mm -hmm. that helps me know what our rhythm's going to be on Friday night. How much time I have before I have to say down and distance, how much, I mean, it all, you know, it all makes sense. Uh, so I do study it and yeah. uh, try to make it the best it can be. 
Yeah, I was about to say, on top of touring and, and, and playing music and recording, wow, you're you're the king of multitasking then, because <laughs> that's just impressive. Well, that's true. That's yeah. true. You know, uh, I, I do have to multitask a good bit and listen to three or four people at one time and try to, you know, make sure um, I get the information that I need and, and get it to other people if they need it or whatever. Uh, but I love, I'm passionate about our school, and I'm passionate about our boys and uh, the product on the field. Engel Martin does such a great job. And so when I committed to it, I knew I knew me, and I knew that it would be a lot of time that I would be investing into it mm-hmm. because that's just the way I am. Uh, I want to do it to the very best of my ability. But I just want the product that we deliver from the press box to mirror the product that's on the field. Engel Martin does such a great job. And his entire coaching staff at CPA, all those guys from Coach Epps, I mean, you know, with the with the, our conditioning. And, and, I mean, it's just our coaching staff at CPA, uh, not just football, but basketball, baseball. You know, you know Drew. Drew Maddox is our head basketball coach. Becky Legate is our mm-hmm. women's basketball coach. And Larry Nesbitt, our baseball coach. And we've got great coaches that coach soccer and swimming. And, you know, Coach Carlock. You know, he's he's a legend, you know, in the soccer world and in yeah. high school soccer. And um, we are just so blessed with all of our coaches, uh, you know, mountain biking. Uh, I mean, you you name it, we've got it at CPA. And and um, they always have a great product on the field, but they're teaching these kids about life. And, and uh, so we just, you know, whatever we do from the press box needs to mirror who CPA is and what we stand for. And, uh, you know, the first word in our – the name of our school is Christ, Christ Presbyterian Academy, Christ. So we want to make sure that everything we do mirrors what Christ would would be proud of, and we just want to bring him glory and make him famous through everything we do. And and if we're doing our very best to uh, whatever job we are doing, whether it's uh, you know selling hot dogs from the concession stand or telling people it's first down CPA, you know, we need to do it to the very best of our ability because uh, that's what God deserves. So, absolutely, Amen. I still Amen out for that one. That's perfect. Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. But yeah, it's it's got to be uh, you know a great product, and, and that's what I've seen from the videos and everything. And it's caught attention of all the local news crews. So it's just uh, it's a well-oiled machine. That's really awesome. And uh, I was just impressed by it. And thanks for kind of elaborating and letting me know what goes on there. It's crazy. Uh, I got a, an email just yesterday from a friend in Southern California that I've worked with in the studio, and she said, I saw your news story in San Diego last night. Uh, so I don't know, you know, I don't know what this it, – it's funny, you know, I play and sing for a living, and I'm in the studio with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, well-known artists, both in secular and Christian music. And the thing that I'm known more for the most right now is announcing from the press box. It's just kind of funny the way God works. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, however we can bring him glory is cool. And if this story encourages people and makes people want to do their very best at whatever it is they're doing and, and look for how God has gifted them and use whatever talents they have, no matter what obstacle they feel is standing in their way, then, man, I'm all about it. Let's, let's uh, shout it from the rooftops. Absolutely, and you know, throughout the years and everything, from watching you on the Gaither tapings and everything, you you put your all into it, and you provide a good uh, 
a program for people to watch, you know, as a performer and an entertainer. And I just, uh, this is just something extra, like you said, God can glorify you for. And uh, I was proud to get to see it and, and, you know, speak with you about it. It's just really amazing. So kudos to you. Well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Like I say, it takes a lot of people to make it happen, whether you're up in the press box calling a game or, you know, announcing a game um, or, you know, you're in the studio, you're working with, um, you know, and I do a lot of production, do produce a lot of artists and, and uh man it doesn't matter what you're doing you 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 um you know I look like a hero when I have people who are better than me around me you know that are so good at what they do and it just makes me look good it makes me look so smart and uh <laughs> yeah. you know so so that's what I try to do man I have try to have really talented people around me no matter what it is I'm trying to do and uh I look like a hero so uh, <laughs> no I'm not stupid <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of, you know, helping in music and everything, I'm going to tie in to talk a little bit about music, but uh, looking down your Facebook, I saw where you, you put out a big message saying, and this is something you don't hear much from, you know, people of your stature who, who, are, who are known in the music industry, but you welcome new artists and writers. What, what, uh, what uh, you know, compels you to, to, to throw that out there and extend an olive branch, I guess? Well, you know what? Uh, when I was a young kid, uh, somebody gave me an opportunity to sing and play and listen to me and give me their opinion and uh, kind of point me in the direction. And uh, so I have always tried to, because that was done for me, I've always tried to be that guy and do it for others. And uh, now that I am have uh, had a, a, a good, long career, and I hope it's not over, um, but, but I've had a good run and, and have experienced a lot of things and have learned a lot of things along the way that I feel like maybe, uh, I can share with other people and help them, uh, in their, uh, striving to be a better artist or to get started in the artist world, uh, or as a songwriter or a producer or a musician or whatever. Um, but, but I'm doing, like I said, I'm, I'm doing some production these days and I've had some success in that as well in the in the Christian music world and and uh, uh, I work you know in all kinds of music with a lot of different artists that have been you know on the radio and and you know if you you turn on the radio and you listen for ten minutes uh, thank the good Lord you you hear me playing on something mm-hmm. and uh, the the session world is not what it once was certainly. Um, and I'm not working as much in that as I used to, but I'm still a part of it, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, and I, I want to be relevant. I want to, you know, want to keep doing it. But the other thing I want to do is help other people. And so, because I am tied in with a lot of great musicians, and and I feel like I have something to offer, you know, I'd love to work with some new artists and and. There are a lot of people who have been taken advantage of in the past because they know nothing about what it costs to record. They know nothing about what it costs to put something together. And in many cases, somebody will smell that meat in the water and uh, they will they'll, they'll, they'll smell that blood and they'll pounce and take them for more, way more money than they should. And I've heard a lot of stories about that over the last few years. And I just felt like God was speaking to my heart saying, you know what, you could be a difference maker in that world. And so what I try to do, I don't do it for free because I have to make a living for my family and I have to pay musicians and 
and it does cost money to record in this town. But oh, what yeah. I try to do is put together something. If somebody wants to record a project, they want to try and get started, or they want to do an independent record, or they want to do some kind of thing, I try to make sure I'm giving them the very m- most that I can for the money they have to spend. Uh-huh. And I just try to be as honest with them as I can. I always compare it to the mechanic that works on my car. I don't know anything about cars. Mm-hmm. But what I pray and what I hope is that he'll be honest. And I always listen for the, hey, you ought to go see him so-and-so. Man, I tell you what, he did a really great job on my car. And he he came in, you know, under so-and-so. And you know, he wasn't the cheapest, but, man, he did great work. And I just felt like he was honest. And that's the thing I want people to say about me. He was honest. I may not yeah. be the cheapest, um, but I'm going to do a really, really great job because I care. Uh-huh. And I want you to have the very best thing you can have and be the very best representation of who you are at this moment. And, yeah, I work with a lot of established artists, but it's awesome to find new talent. And like I say, it is not cheap to, you know, if I was independently wealthy, I'd go out and find these new artists and just record them and, and uh, you know, be a manager and, and say, okay, I want a piece of this and I believe in you and all that. I'm not independently wealthy. If I ever am one of these days, I'll probably do that because I just have such a heart for new artists. Mm-hmm. But um, but right now, I just try to make sure, okay, it's going to cost you, but I'm going to make sure that it doesn't that no one takes advantage of you. And so that's kind of my role. Yeah, I got you. Just uh, you, you know, uh, up up front's the the best way to be, and then you know, it, it's just like you get what you pay for. And it sounds like if somebody wants to spend some time with you with what you've been through it thinks like it'd be a great investment i just thought that was neat when i read it so uh, you know, that's, you. that's really a great thing i hope it is you know i hope it is a good investment and you know i've had to tell people hey i don't think you're ready yet i don't think you're ready to go in the studio i mean you know they think they're ready and i could take their money and we could do something and and it would be a few days worth of work and and it'd be you know whatever but I just don't feel good about it. If I don't feel like they're ready or if I don't feel like they have the songs or if I don't feel like, you know, there's just a lot of reasons. Because, uh, dude, if it's an independent artist or a major recording artist, doesn't matter. It has my name on it. And yep. so I want to always be known for honest and I will always want to be known for quality. And um, so, you know, I love developing somebody. If I see that they've got, real talent maybe they're not ready right now maybe that talent is raw and it needs to be needs to be you know they need to mature as an artist or songwriter or whatever i i love the process of watching them mature and and helping that process um but when they're ready uh and some of some people come to me and they're ready to rock they've got songs and i'm blown away by their talent, and so we just try to figure out, okay, what is it you want to do? How much is this going to cost us? How can we save money? You know, how can we do this, get our the best bang for our buck? And uh, so that's that's kind of the role I play when I'm working with a new artist. Uh-huh. That's, that is incredible, and, and, I, and uh, I interview a lot of up-and-comers, and, and I hope some of them listen to this and latch on to it because you know, there's so many out there that are trying it, and they're so hungry and, and so willing. And you know, it's kind of like what you're saying is, if 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 you uh, if you're wanting to go 
through it and get the honest assessment. It sounds like you're the guy they need to come speak with. Well, I hope so. You know, like I say, I'm, I'm still I'm still really blessed to work with some of the best producers in this town. You know, the Dan Huffs of this town and Scott Hendricks and Frank Rogers and I mean, you name it. I've worked with them on so many hit records down through the years and and still, you know, fortunate to be playing on a lot of those. But I've just taken what I've learned from a lot of those guys and kind of what I feel as an artist and what I, you know, a lot of the things I've learned, not just from producers, but maybe things I've learned that I don't want to do um, or things maybe people have said to me that I go, oh, check mark. I don't want to say that to somebody. That's probably not a good thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, my experience, I think, can help. And the fact that I'm still playing on records that are, pretty big sellers uh you know artists like blake shelton who just won song of the year for god's country which we recorded back in january uh, guys like dan and shay you know josh turner we just finished the thing on josh um you know i've just had such a i mean you know guys like brad paisley you know who is a, a good friend and and that's the one of the fun things is you you don't just work with these people you you become friends and you you get to know their families, and, and uh, so I'm fortunate to have worked in country and pop and, and Christian and uh, just just about every genre in between, and uh, so I can take what I've learned and, and hopefully um, be able to make a difference in somebody's life and career. Absolutely. What uh, What song did you ever play on? that you just knew after you got done, the the final note was played, you're like, this is going to be a smash hit. This was going to be a big one. Uh, well, I could think of a few, but the one that came to my mind first was the first number one country song I ever played on, uh, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning, Alan Oh, Jack. wow. Yeah, what a goosebump song. <laughs> I remember um, on 9-11 being in the studio all day, and the TVs were on everywhere, and I... And this is such a waste of time. All of us just in here. What what are we accomplishing? You know, there are people who are jumping off buildings, and here we are making music. You know, what what I just felt so. I just felt miserable. You know, and I just and I prayed. I'll never forget. I prayed, Lord, please help me to be. Uh, help me to make a difference. Help me to make a difference in some of the people's lives that are hurting because of 9-11. I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know what that would be. Didn't, couldn't even imagine. That was just a prayer that I had, that I, that I really wanted to be able to make a difference somehow. And three weeks later, four weeks later, we're in the studio with Alan Jackson, and he gets his guitar, and he says... Uh, well, Denise wanted me to play this for y'all. I don't know if it's any good or not, but um, <laughs> she told me to play it, and I uh, we said if, it, if y'all liked it, we might record it. And he sat on a stool with his guitar and played, Where we you when the world stopped turning? That September day. And I go, oh, my gosh. I just remember having chills, and we, we played it. And, and I remember telling a friend of mine, this may be the first number one song I'm ever on. Oh, wow. Music. And it ended up being just that. Yeah, it's 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 truly beautiful. That song is. I mean, I've listened to it and teared up. And and when and when I found out because I did a little reading that you were on, that I was like, what a great song to 
talk about it. I figured you would have said something like that or, or, or at least thought he might have talked about it a little bit. But, yeah, what a what a great one to start with. That's awesome as far as, like, when you came to your mind. So, Well, I you know, and before that, you know, I had played on a few hits, and I was just, you know, kind of – I'd been playing lots of demos and custom recordings, independent recordings. And, and I was just kind of starting to play on a few records, uh, but that one – that one was one that I'll always remember, you know, not just because it was one of the first big ones and my first number one in country music, but it I'll always remember it. I mean, you know, and back in those days, the piano was a real big part of the Rascal Flatts sound and played on so many of those piano intros in, in the early days in the first four or five albums that they had. and. And that really helped my career too, um, because they were so huge, you know. Yeah. And uh you know, I work with people like that and all these doors just start opening and I started playing on everything, you know, and and um I was an overnight success that took ten years, you know. <laughs> but <Yeah>. you know <laughs> but I'm I'm so grateful. Um I think I think one of my favorite songs I've done played on in a long time is a song that's out right now currently by uh, Lady Annabellum. It's called Ocean, and uh, it is just a it's just a piece of art. Um, uh, Sarah Buxton is an incredible songwriter in our town, and uh, Sarah is re- uh, married to Tom Bukovac, who is a great studio musician. Tom and I've been friends for years and played on so many things together. But Sarah, I'm one of Sarah's biggest fans i she's an amazing singer writer and uh we uh we cut this on lady a dan huff produced it and um basically when we did it it was just me and hillary and uh charles sang a couple of harmony parts just to figure out where we we're going to put them but it was basically just me and hillary doing it live mm-hmm. and she could probably sing the phone book and it would sell a million copies. She's <laughs> just one of those singers that when, you know, you know, it's interesting with Hillary. Um, you know, there are a lot of really great singers in the world, but there aren't that many really great communicators. And she's both. When she yeah. sings, you believe every word she says and with this new song ocean uh which i hope is a big song for them because man she is just she is in it to win it from the very first note and uh it is just a beautiful piece of art um and uh i i hope everybody gets a chance to hear it and, and loves it as much as i do well you've got me wanting to hear it now <laughs> well hillary is just uh she's an amazing talent and charles and, 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 you know, they're just, they're, they're all three of them are amazing. You know, um, uh, Dave is a, a killer guitar player and singer, background singer. I'm sure he could be a solo artist if he wanted to. Yeah. And, and Charles certainly and Hillary, I mean, they're just, uh, uh, they're just all three. Uh, a powerhouse trio. I mean, and of course, everybody knows they've had such success. But this new record that Dan has done on them is, is fabulous, and I hope people will listen to it. 
That is too awesome. I can't wait to check it out. Uh, you were talking about the, uh, you were recording today. Are you recording solo work or for someone else? No, I'm producing today. I, I was producing today. Uh, I will start working on a new album of my own next year. Uh, but I'm in the middle of quite a few production projects, including a new vocal band, the Gator Vocal Band thing. We we just finished one that came out in July, mm-hmm. but we're already working on something else. It may it it'll probably be out in a year and a half, or I don't know. Uh, we we're working on two different things. We're working on a new thing just for the vocal band, and then we're also working on a new album, which will feature many of the alumni from the Gaither Vocal Band. It will be uh, kind of like the reunion video they just released that we filmed oh. in Greenville, South Carolina. We're doing another reunion show in April in Tulsa, and um, <clears throat> Bill and I were brainstorming, and we came up with a couple songs that we thought might be really cool for social media and maybe radio singles for the alumni, and then I would call him with an idea, and then he'd call me with an idea, and I'd call him, and and all of a sudden, we had like 25 songs that we thought, man, would be killer for the alumni. So we thought, well, maybe we should pick 11 or 12 of these and do an album. And uh, Bill is, his favorite place is the studio. Um, and, you know, certainly the stage. But he loves being in the studio. He loves the creative part. So it's fun to work with those guys. I've I've got a couple of things in the in the country world that um, that I'm going to be working on next year. I I can't share a whole lot about that right now because all the uh, all the contracts haven't been signed and and oh, all sure. that. But but uh, a couple of things that I'm really really excited about. Uh, so um, uh, anyway, hopefully 2020 will be uh, a really great year uh, musically. Uh, I never have to worry about it being a great year in, in as far as my personal life because I'm married to the love of my life, Kimberly, who we've been married to her for 27 years. We have three children. Oh, wow. uh, Ashton is my 12-year-old. He is still a student at CPA. Parker's 19 and a sophomore at Sanford. And then my 23-year-old daughter, Samantha, is getting married in May of 2020. Oh wow! Congrats. And, uh, we we love Jack and we love his family, the Cottrells. If any of you out there know the name Travis Cottrell, an incredible artist in his own right, great songwriter, also leads worship with Beth Moore when she travels and is a worship leader at Inglewood Baptist in Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, so uh, Samantha's marrying into their lovely family, and what's funny about that, or ironic, maybe not funny, but ironic certainly is that um, we went to school with Travis when we were at Belmont, Kimberly and I. Oh, wow. So we knew Travis and Angela from Two Rivers Baptist when we were uh, members there back when we were young married. And so it's interesting how, uh, you know, the circle of life, you know, you hear about that. But it is it has definitely been that in our case. And so we love the Cottrells, and we're really excited for Jack and Samantha. So we know 2020 is going to be good on that side. That's awesome. Well, that that's that is great to hear that it comes full circle like that for you. That was a great story. I really liked it. Um, I had a question that circled back to music also. Um, do you read you read the number system and the charts and everything? Um, do they yeah, bring but I don't. Bra- yeah, I don't read them. I don't write them in braille. I just memorize it. But I, okay, you know, uh, if I can hear it once, I can play it back to you or call it back to you. Yeah, you know, somebody will be listening or not looking at your chart and they'll say, Hey Gordon, it's the eighth part of the chorus. What is the eighth part of the chorus? And I go, 
six minor split five, you know, or six minor <laughs> yeah. for three beats and five for a beat, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah, and, I was just uh, wondering. Uh, I'm sorry, just with all the studio time you had, I was just wondering how how you kept up with all of it, but it's all packed in your brain. Of course it would be because of everything else you do. It makes sense. (laughs) Well, and I have perfect pitch as well, so that really helps me. So if we need to talk in letters, I can certainly talk in letters. If we need to talk in numbers, we can talk in numbers. But I'm very grateful for perfect pitch normally. Now, when a piano is out of tune um, or you're listening to an acapella group and they go a couple cents flat when they're doing the national anthem or some acapella song, it's not that much fun then. But, um, in all seriousness, I'm very grateful for all the gifts God has given me. I started playing piano when I was three, and I've been playing ever since. And um, I just uh, I never want people to hear an interview or read anything, come to see me a concert, any of those things, and think, man, Gordon is awesome. That's that's really great. I want them to always remember God is awesome, and uh, I give Him all the credit for any gifts that that I have because he is certainly the giver of all good gifts and and uh we can't we we can't take our next breath without the Lord and uh, so I just always want to give him glory and credit and uh, try to point people who think I have anything to offer try to point them to to the Lord Jesus because he has everything to offer and uh, so that's what it's all about my friend I agree amen well well said as probably the best uh words of wisdom i've been shared in a long time and i'll leave you with this and i do appreciate you being generous with your time um i i had the privilege uh not too long ago to interview steve warner who had the moniker of being the nicest guy in country music and i think you've outdone him i think you're nicer than he is (laughs) well i don't know now steve is pretty fantastic i tell you man uh he is uh he is uh you know, he's a musician's musician. I call him that because he's a great singer and he has great commercial appeal. But when we hear him and we see him and we experience him, we go, holy cow, he's a freak. How'd he do that? You know, yeah. like he's that guy for me. You know, Phil Kagey is that guy for me. And yeah. I know they're both guitar players. Uh, you know, Matt Rollins and, and Steve Nathan and, and, and John Jarvis and, uh, you know, Pig and, and all these great Nashville session guys, you know, uh, John Hobbs, you know, John doesn't live here anymore, but, uh, you know, all these guys that I grew up listening to and got a chance to meet and work with and, you know, working with guys like Charlie Judge, you know, and guys that are really killing it in our business now, like Dave Cohen, who, you know, won the ACM the last couple of times. And, and, you know, all, you know, I just, I'm in awe of the talent, you know, of, uh, Brian Sutton, I have to say, everybody asks me, you know, who, who, Brian Sutton's world class, you know, he's, I, I just, you know, I, I hear Brian play, uh, you know, and we've played together a ton on, on sessions, and I hear Brian play, and I think, man, what must it be like to be able to, to say, you know, if I could think it, I can play it. That's Brian Sutton, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's all these great Nashville studios. I mean, I was in the studio today working on something I'm producing and I had Scott Williamson and I had Jacob Lowry and I had Brent Mason, I had Joel Key, I had Scotty Sanders. I mean, that's a room full of just world-class talent. And they're not just incredibly talented. They're cream, cream of the crop, salt of the earth people. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you could uh, do, you could, you couldn't do much better for friends, you know, yeah. and this whole town is like that. I mean, 
I never go to work and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they called him. You know, whoever's yeah. on the date is amazingly talented. Uh-huh. We take that for granted, I think, sometimes living in this town and working and playing here. But we really are blessed to have so much talent in this town. But getting back to Steve Warner, he's he's a freak, and uh, people that are that talented make me mad. So I have to <laughs> ask forgiveness. But he's an amazing guy. He really is. Yeah, he was so pleasant, and you're you're equally as pleasant, and I enjoyed you both. And it just talking to you made me think about that because to be as great as he is, and and he was so nice, just like you are, as much talent as you both have, just just nice to people like me. I really appreciated and and, and really enjoyed speaking with you. So, you know, I think sometimes if we meet somebody who may like blow us off or whatever, and they're a star or whatever, I think sometimes maybe it comes from insecurity. I mean. I've met, you know, I've worked with the best of the best, guys like Bob Seger and James Taylor and Lionel Richie. I mean, you name all these pop singers. And then all, anybody in country music just about any, you know, that I've that I've worked with. I mean, the George Straits of the world, but also, you know, the beautifully, wonderfully talented Carrie Underwood. And, I mean, I just think of all these people. I mean, it's so many that are on the radio and have been for the last 25 years and you meet so many of them as they're new coming up, you know. Uh, I remember working with Darius when he first came and wanted to do country, you know. Everybody knew him as Hootie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just one of the, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking of all the really incredible people. I mean, I could probably count on one hand the people that I've met in this business that I thought, huh, well, I don't mind if they don't ever call me again. Uh, but, you know, you still, you try to give them benefit of the doubt. Well, maybe it's not having a good day. But uh, it really is amazing how nice people are in this business. And if they're not, and I've, you know, I've met, you know, a time or two, maybe it's just their insecurity. But I'm always, and I don't know why this is. I'm kind of like you. I'm always blown away when I meet an athlete. You know, musicians love athletes. Uh, but if I meet some big pop star, you know, I worked. I remember we were working with Kelly Clarkson a few years ago. Didn't know what she'd be like. I thought she'd be cool because Reba, you know, she's married into Reba's family, and I love Reba. And, uh, uh, you know, Blake knows that bunch, and, and I love Blake. I've known Blake for years, played on his record since he started. And so I, I kind of thought Kelly would be cool. We did this thing, a duet with her and Jewel, you know, and, and Jewel was really, really cool. And, I, you know, I was wondering, but I, I I was so blown away by how kind and sweet and emotional and, you know, just into the music Kelly was, you know. And I think we, I think we all, uh, I remember meeting Chipper Jones. I met Chipper Jones. I'm a huge, I'm a huge sports fan. Yeah. Love the Braves. Uh, you know, love, I'm a big Alabama uh fan we love college football basketball baseball we love uh, the nfl we love the N- nba and we love baseball i'm a huge phrase fan i always have been i love i just love baseball period come home late from the studio and i'll just turn on a west coast game i don't care who it is you know just want to relax <laughs> listen to some baseball but um met met chipper and um, I met him through Gary LaVox because we were cutting a Flats record and I was wearing a Braves jersey or something. He's like, oh, man, I, man, me and Chipper, we're buddies. We like to go deer hunting and do this and that and all that. And uh, he said, man, I, I, would your kids love to meet him? I said, oh, my kids, I'd love to meet him. He didn't. So yeah. uh, we didn't just get to meet him. I mean, he invited us to a suite and all this fun stuff. 
I thought maybe he'd come take a picture with us and leave. He stood there and talked to us 20 minutes. Uh, I mean, just about stuff. And so, you know, I'm always blown away by that. But what I'm learning is that people are just people, you know. And, you know, I might happen to play and sing or do something in music. and You you happen to do what you do. And Chipper does what he does. But we're all just people. We're all just trying to make it in this world. And we're all just trying to love and and live and uh, just try to – make sure we live life to its fullest and we're all on the same road man we're all trying to get to the same place and That's so uh, i just hope people will will uh you know uh hop on this train and and uh we'll all get there together there's so much disagreement and so much hate in this world and it makes me really really sad because i feel like there's way more that unites us than divides us uh, i just really feel that way and uh, but I feel you know uh, yeah we we could talk about politics and if you believe one way and I believe another way we can still be friends and that's what's so wonderful about this country we're free we're free to have our differences but I'm not going to hold you uh, just because you're wrong I'm not going to hold it again no I'm just kidding <laughs> uh, but just because somebody doesn't believe or think the same way I do I'm not going to hold that against them I just hope that we can start getting back to that because I, I think that is what America is all about. And it's certainly what being a Christian is all about. And those of us who say we follow Christ, it's kind of like the title of my latest album, Love, Love, Love. That's what it's all about, just loving people, where they are, for who they are. And whatever you believe, whatever our differences may be, the most important thing is that you know I love you and that I care about what happens to you. And uh, if we vote for different uh, politicians or we go to different churches or maybe you don't even know the Lord, um, I'm going to love you anyway. And hopefully you'll see joy in my eyes and on my face and sense it in my spirit. And maybe it'll make you ask some questions. And if you ask some questions, then maybe I can share a little bit about why I have joy. And uh, it all starts with love. So if I could leave you leave you with anything, I'd leave you with that. Well, that is no wiser words have been spoken. I just feel like my brain is overflowed with good stuff, and now I feel like I can tackle the world, and it's all because of you. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Well, I do appreciate the opportunity to talk with you, and if people want to find out more about my tour schedule or just about anything in, in, in my little world, gordonmote.com is the place to start. Uh, you can go uh, on Twitter and follow me at Gordon Moat. I also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. So uh, don't uh, don't be bashful. Reach out. Love to hear from you. And I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And uh, hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and a wonderful time spending the holiday season with your family. And that wraps it up for this edition of the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Special thanks to my guests Midas Yahoo and Gordon Moat. And once again, I wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my podcast. Keep on listening. I'm going to keep on making them. If you know anybody you think would be an awesome guest for the podcast, have them hit me up at joshbelcher at hotmail.com. And remember, I love you for you and where you're at in life. Have a great week, and we'll catch you later on down the line. All right, goodbye, everybody.